So good evening everyone here in person and on screen. I want to talk a little bit tonight about anger. Uh, as you'd know, one of the precepts is um, not indulging in anger, but let's look into it a little bit more. Um, often you have people coming along, they will come along and speaking to me and saying something along the lines of, um, I've been meditating for 10 years, but I still get angry. Uh, join the club. Um, anger. Um, let me enter into this by um, talking about one of the um, Buddhist icons, which is particularly um, uh, on a temple in a Zen temple, uh, on an altar in a Zen temple, and that is of Manjusri. And Manjusri is uh, the deity of wisdom, and he usually is carrying a sword, a sharp sword, and sometimes he's sitting on top of a lion, and sometimes he has a book in his hand as well. But the whole um, meaning of the, the um, iconography is that the sharp sword is to cut off delusion and attachment. A sharp sword. Uh-huh. And so that whole imagery uh, is of a warrior, you know, and a warrior is someone who um, depicts strength, maybe even anger in their disposition, you know, aggression uh, to carry out that act. And um, that is a part of cultivating that kind of strength um, that is embodied in that icon is just as important as the compassion. The wisdom and the compassion go together. A lot of other traditions will emphasise the compassion a lot. Um, Zen emphasises the wisdom a lot. But any true Dharma teachings will have both in there. You can't have one without the other, otherwise you get a distortion. But to come back to anger, um, Anger is kind of like that, that strength that we all have, which is then distorted. At its core, it's got something strong in it. You know, it's a very powerful emotion, you know, which, which drives us to act in a certain way. So it's kind of like at the core of it, it's just, it's just a, an energy of strength. But when it gets tangled up with stories and attachments, you know, and dislikes and so on, um, that's when it all goes awry, you know, and it becomes a destructive emotion. And so what is important in practice, like I was mentioning last week about dealing with dissatisfaction and unpleasantness and suffering in general, go towards it, you know, don't push away from it, go towards it and see what's really there. Um, and so the way, if we use anger as an, as an example of suffering or dissatisfaction, whenever anger arises in your life, personally, what I personally think will be more productive is instead of trying to cool it all down through compassion or loving kindness, first of all, that may be useful, but first of all, just look at it for what it is. And it's a very interesting practice and a very challenging practice when you do that. So to look at what's really there 
like all of our practices, about returning to the body and, and experiencing the sense of arousal and the tightness and the contraction, which is there. Mm -hmm. um, and when you do that, if you stay with that long enough, um, you may be able to see that at the core of this is a, is a sense of strength in you. Mm -hmm. See, I don't really want people to get caught up in dealing with their anger by just saying it's wrong or pushing it away or, or to go into saying, oh, I'm judging myself in some way. That's all adding something else to it, you know, but to be very direct, just what is this body sensation of anger? What is it? You know, let me experience it fully without any separation of self from it. Mm -hmm. And, um, but to do that, it requires not acting it out. Because right? a lot of destructive anger, it's just a, a knee-jerk reaction. We don't like something and we, we attack, you know, verbally, physically, whatever way we may do it. So to actually stop and to be present with the anger and inquire into it and to see it for what it is, is very different to acting it out. You act it out or you verbalise what it is and you, you miss it completely, completely. Mm -hmm. The other way that people deal with their anger is to um, push it down and suppress it. That's not helpful either. It's not actually even honest, really. Um, it's not really being accountable. Um, it's about holding it there without judgement and yet, like I was talking about another talk, it's, it's holding there without judgment, but it's holding it there discerning, in a, in a discerning way that th this, this energy has the potential of getting hooked into attachment, storytelling, egocentricity, and it goes crazy. Right? But that same energy is, it's the same energy of Manjusri. It's the same energy that wants to cut off delusion and attachment, right? And, and in some practices, you actually, whenever that energy comes up, you turn it into a truth-telling, exposing um, energy that you direct towards your own egocentricity in the world. That's a very different way of dealing with it. But also, even in the world, um, as even the, the Dalai Lama expresses it, there's such a thing as compassionate anger. And um, anger drives us towards dealing with um, injustice and, and unnecessary suffering that happens in the world. The Dalai Lama says when he sees refugees and hears their stories, he says that he experiences their sadness and he also experiences their anger. Mm -hmm. and, and it's quite legitimate to experience that when, whenever we come across that. And, uh, but if you stay with just the pure energy of the anger and you can then direct it in a way which is constructive rather than just pushing it away, um, Sometimes in, in my life where I come across some kind of environmental issue in particular that really bothers me, 
I can read about what happened and I get I can get annoyed about it um, and then I try to channel it into some way write a petition or whatever to use it constructively but sometimes I get angry and then the angry anger goes away and then I forget about it you know it's like life has moved on and then there's a bit of apathy about it actually so the anger is good sometimes to actually get you motivated to actually address some of these issues that happen otherwise you just drop back into the the apathy of everyday life so it's important to ask ourselves the question what's really there when i'm angry it's very different to just running the story through your mind um, and acting out in fantasy what you'd like to do and it's very different from physically acting out or verbally acting out it's a very different experience um, there's a bit of background to add a bit of psychology to it um, there was a very well-known um, psychoanalytic therapist called karen Horney, who um, identified three different ways in which we deal with distress in our life, you know, and how we may or may not deal with anger. And one is um, to move away from distress. And she likens that to a child in a family who, when there's distress, they just sort of go into their room and hide in their room and, and want to, want to uh, get away from it. And then there's the, the other child or the child who becomes the adult who moves towards the distress, but they move towards it in terms of trying to overplease, you know, or to explain whatever, so that they get some kind of acceptance. And then there's a third position um, where people um, fight the anger, you know, so like the child who would scream and yell and slam doors, you know, if, they, if there was some kind of distress. And we can play each of those modes out as an adult in various ways, but, but none of them work very well. Mm-hmm. And underneath even all of those positions, even though the door slamming looks like the only angry one, um, my, my clinical experience tells me that everyone in those modes would feel anger. It's just that it's hidden in some way. It's pushed down um, or it comes out in other various kind of ways. But anger can arise out of distress. And, and it's then what we do with that energy is really very important. Moving away from it's not okay, not helpful. Just trying to explain it away or being nice is not helpful. And just simply getting up, caught up in a fight in it is not helpful as well. So at the core of it is strength. And if you tap into that strength in a calm and compassionate way, then you use that strength in your life. And I'm concerned that a lot of Dharma that you hear a lot of in, in maybe not in Asian countries, I'm not familiar enough about it in Asia, but in you know, Western countries, in the US in particular, it's all emphasising this compassionate side of the Dharma, but it's not, in my mind, it's not emphasising the strength enough, you know, the, the wise strength that also needs to be combined for the wisdom to have whole practice it's all soft 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 Mm -hmm. but sometimes it needs to be sharp you know and the way that we relate to our own experience needs to be sharp like one juicery sword and be willing to go slice through it 